This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, Episode 13. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential, whether you're already in a leadership role or maybe you are an aspiring leader. Now, joining me today is Natalie Goldman. Natalie has 20 years experience working in learning and development, organizational development, coaching, mentoring, organizational psychology across most industries, government, and non-for-profit. She's also received awards in recent years from LearnX and ARI, A-H-R-I, reflecting her quality of work. She has worked with countless not-for-profits over the past 25 years. She sat on boards, organized events and fundraising, and currently she is on the board of the Women Indigenous Network and Global Sisters. Her passion for helping women and making a difference has driven her career into a new direction with her starting her own business. And when bringing together her capability, her purpose and passion, LaunchPod was born. Natalie now works with female entrepreneurs to reach their full potential through their business, Mind Skills for Business. And on today's show, Natalie's going to share why you need to keep asking for what you would like how to stay human and why it's important to stay human and network, network, network. Your network is your net worth. So welcome to the show, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Natalie, you're a believer of challenging the norm, being curious and innovating, finding better and different ways of doing things and of connecting and collaborating. I'd love for you to speak just a little bit more before we dive into the key areas you want to share today about challenging the norm and why I ask this is because so many women that I speak to they keep silent they remain silent they don't stand up for something that they may see as unfair or unjust because of the fear of what others will say not being liked share a little bit more around your thinking and how you approach this it's a great question I think there's a layer there underneath all of that that most women feel and um, I'm it's a term that's used quite a lot, but I'll explain what it is just in case some of your listeners aren't aware of it. And mm. it's called the imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. And it's not something that's uh, just relegated to uh, new and younger uh, women into the workforce or running their own business, but it is incredibly prevalent even amongst the most senior of women globally, including Sheryl Sandberg has attested to having imposter syndrome. So what is imposter syndrome? Imposter syndrome is that feeling or that thought process that goes through our head, which is when we say to ourselves, when are they going to find out that I'm not as good as they think I am or that I'm not as capable? And so there's this real fear that they are an imposter in their role and sometimes even in their own lives. Mm -hmm. And so often women are held back because they don't want to stand out. 
we're kind of taught that uh, from young age for sure. girls not to necessarily put your hand up, speak out, take risks, all of that. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about it from um, a work perspective, it, it can translate. So there's often an internal fear within us where we often say to ourselves, oh, I just don't want to make a wave. I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to be seen as someone who's pushing the boundaries. Um, strong women often are perceived as aggressive, not assertive. And so it's a double-edged sword for many women out mm-hmm. there. So what I would suggest is, yes, choose your battles. Um, it's important not just to say something just for the sake of it, but if you really feel very passionately about something, you really see that, let's say you're in a meeting and you see that the numbers aren't right or that you don't agree with what somebody is saying, then you know what, this is your time. You really need to step up and have your voice heard uh, because most of the time everybody sitting around the table is thinking something like what you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such great words of advice. And one of the things that uh, through the women that I've spoken to, and I'd love for you to, to share some insights around this too, is I think as, as women, we so often take our strengths for granted. Some mm. Sometimes they are quite natural for us and we don't recognise that they are strengths. So a level of self-awareness, in fact, you know, the more self-awareness I have about myself and, and, and strengths through different assessments and, and speaking to people who can mirror these back, the more confident, this inner self-confidence, so that when that is aligned with a message or a purpose or a passion that you have to wanting to speak to something, then I think that just allows us to step forward with a little bit more sense of, you know, that that security. What do you think about that self-awareness and being uh, clear and, and sure about the, the strengths and what we bring to the table? Yeah, look, strength is a really interesting one. I think when we're at school or even in the, in the workforce, you know, we're focusing more on, you know, what's wrong with us? Where are our gaps mm-hmm. and what do we need to build on? So from very early on, we're taught whether you look at 360-degree surveys um, or even school reports, you know. Mm. I remember going to mine, they're going, oh, you know, Natalie's really good at this, but we really need to focus on that with mm-hmm. her. Um, and it continues on to 360 degrees with leaders as well, not just um, um, as school children. And I think there has been a great shift uh, away from what's wrong with you and what do we need to fix to a strength-based approach. And I think it's a really important approach for two reasons. One, because we're not really here to point out what's wrong with you. When you look at the great leaders around the world, not one single leader is great at everything. Each leader brings very special, unique talents and attributes to their leadership role. And I think a great leader can't be good at everything, but what they're good at is knowing their strengths, having great self-awareness and building a great team around them to be able to complement them on the areas that they're not so strong at. Mm. So that's a really important thing and secondly by focusing on what you're not good at is a really uh, self-deprecating type of approach it doesn't really go well with trying to I guess create a confident approach with going forward so having self-awareness is absolutely essential when it comes to understanding what your strengths are and that self-awareness needs to extend into uh, tools like a 360 for example and hearing back and mirroring from others well how do you see me What are the strengths that I bring to my team? What are the strengths that I bring to the organisation? Not just what do I see? And so having a mirrored approach really helps broaden our self-awareness and our understanding of who we are Mm -hmm. and the valuable contributions that we make as a leader. Yeah, a great reminder. And I love those uh, 360-degree feedback tools. And, And I think also too, you know, 
focusing too much on our weaknesses can really keep us from focusing on what we do really well. And, you know, but one of the things, and I'm sure you you say this too to, to people, that if you find that some of the weaknesses are going to inhibit you from shining in your strengths and, and using them, leveraging in the workplace, then maybe look at, okay, what can I do differently so that that weakness doesn't continue to, to be a barrier for me? So let's dive in. You believe that it's important to keep asking for what we want, what we like. And I think, Natalie, this again, it can be a little bit scary for women. We don't like to bother people. So love for you to share some insights here so that we really can stand in our power and ask for what we want. Absolutely. Look, it really comes back to the whole concept of self-awareness and being clear on our own personal goals and objectives as a leader are really, really important. Because if we get all airy-fairy and very vague about the direction of our career, about our organisation, and if you're a business owner, then your company, you need to be incredibly clear about what it is that you need or want so that when you're engaging with people, there's almost a clear agenda. Now, I know that kind of comes off a little bit um, not so great in a way to have an agenda going in and saying this is what I need but in actual fact it's really helpful because if you go into a conversation with somebody without clarity around what it is that you'd like to achieve out of that conversation Mm -hmm. then the conversation will just be endless and go nowhere. And I I, Um, I think that's intentional isn't it you're going in there with a mindfulness of of the goal and yeah absolutely agree. So to have as clear a goal in your own mind what it is that you'd like to achieve from that conversation Mm -hmm. and importantly so what you would like to get out of that person as well being open to the fact that they might want something back from you as well but having that clarity really helps engage as a leader in particularly it gives off an air of well you really know what's going on you have Mm -hmm. clarity you have purpose you have focus and these are things and these are leadership attributes that a lot of people look to. Mm. Absolutely agree. And in fact, one of the things I'd love and you know for you to share into too as well is having a conversation with one of my clients who's a GP and she's a great leader of her business and wants to expand. And that requires her to go out and build her network. And I know you're going to speak to this in a moment too. And as we were talking about and, and doing some role play about how she would approach them, what she might say, she said, I don't want to be a bother and I don't want to continue. And it's this <laughs> mindset thing. And I said to her, hang on a second, yeah. you are presupposing that you are going to be bothering them. What about the great results that mm. through collaborating with you, they're going to achieve and be able to offer their clients? So I think mm. as women, we need to really do a double check. What are mm. we telling ourselves? What's our mindset? Speak a bit more about that if you would. Look, it's a fascinating area and it's a quite a broad one which I could probably talk on for hours but I won't. <laughs> um, for me, it really comes down to the concept of value and self-worth. Mm. When as women in general and uh, it's, it's, I did a, a presentation very recently at a conference about the global, global pay equity gap and we talked about you know the value of women in the workforce versus men and it's clear that women are not valued as much as men i mean if you look at the pay gap in australia it's 17.9% in uh, globally the average is 22.9%. Mm-hmm. It's huge, absolutely massive. So what does this say to our young women and our girls and also women in the workforce that we're not as valued? So when you have clients especially um, business owners or anyone for that matter, uh, women wanting to get into a conversation, negotiate, 
they're already starting on the back foot. Mm -hmm. So women need to understand and be aware the self-awareness comes back in and actually really recognize their true value and their true worth and not let external factors dictate that. Yes. And I'm very, very passionate about this because I see time and time again amazing women putting themselves down, devaluing their true worth and their mm -hmm. value that they contribute. And as you mentioned with your client, you know, they don't want to be seen as a bother. Yeah. Well, if I have a really great GP who's going to be able to provide me with fantastic advice or guidance, that to me is not a bother. That's a mm -hmm. true value. Mm. But we don't see it that way. So women have to, as you mentioned about mindset, shift their mindsets, not be so influenced by external factors that influence on our levels of self-worth and self-value and really start getting into the habit of building that up themselves. Mm. Obviously, person after my own heart and, and passion too, <laughs> because it really does. And I mean, if we have a look at uh, in the workplace, sometimes women will, before they even get to, to state what they wanted to share, will say, you may not be interested in this or I don't want to be a bother. We almost excuse ourselves for having an opinion and mm. the, the moment you say that everything that follows is being discredited because people are thinking well hurry up and have to say what you want to say so we Absolutely. really do need to be mindful in how we're having the conversations what we are saying to ourselves and what we're allowing to come out of our mouths before we have to share what it is that we want to, to share with people so great oh, yeah. point if do you have and, any examples just, of that yeah, absolutely. One of my other key focus or foci is around the power of language. Mm. There's a great YouTube clip which I can share with you and then you can share with your audience later on, um, which really focuses on that power of language and how women so often belittle themselves and disempower themselves in their conversations. And you mentioned a great example there. But just to give another one, uh, in a meeting, for example, a woman might just say, oh, I just have a suggestion. A woman might go into a, a, a room where they want to talk to somebody who's at their desk and go, do you have a second? I just have a quick question I want to ask mm -hmm. or a little question. So words like just, little, these kinds of words belittle us. So I actually ban certain words out of my vocabulary around my colleagues' vocabulary, clients' vocabulary, even my children's vocabulary, <laughs> particularly my daughter. Um, words like just do you have, just have, do you have a second just just wanted to ask you a question it seems completely um benign and nothing but in actual fact just belittles and disempowers us mm -hmm. words like should which we often tell ourselves we should do something no <laughs> if you want to or need to do something absolutely but should is another word so words and language is incredibly powerful mm -hmm. and women in particular are really good at putting themselves down so i think we need to change the way we see ourselves consider and be incredibly self-aware of the words that we use and it's not about being more like a man it's more about using words that don't take away our power yeah amen <laughs> <laughs> all right let's talk about staying human and why mm. this is so important when it comes to leadership Look, there is that term that's come out over the last few years around authentic leadership, and I'm a huge, uh, have a massive 
I don't like saying girl crush because mm-hmm. I don't believe calling a woman a girl. Um, I have a huge woman crush on Brene Brown and uh, she's going to be coming out to Australia soon and very excited to be mm-hmm. seeing her live. Mm-hmm. Her whole piece around vulnerability um, being the birthplace of innovation, of, of change, of true authentic leadership is so true and so real. I think the more we realise who we are, as an individual, that we have strengths, but we also have weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And very importantly, that the people around us are just the same, that we are dealing with people here. These are human experiences and work that we do does not just encapsulate hours or uh, work tasks. It encapsulates emotions, things that might be happening outside of the workforce. And so by recognising the true humanity of the world in which we live in, showing our vulnerability as a leader enables us to be, I believe, a stronger leader. Mm -hmm. And so one of the fascinating things that Brene Brown talks about is true vulnerability requires courage. And to me, courage requires strength, which then links back to true strength and true authentic leadership align hand in hand. Mm. So to me, being a human authentic leader is not a weakness, quite the opposite. In order to be a truly authentic leader, you actually need to be brave, courageous and very strong because you're showing that you're human, that you have faults, that you have emotion. Yes, keep it professional. Yes, it's not about walking in and every day having a moment and exploding and all the rest. I, I don't, it's not what I'm proposing. What I do suggest is that we remember the humanity in our lives, in our leadership style, that we remember we're human and that the person we're talking to across that table, whether we're hiring them or we're retrenching them, whether we're giving them a performance appraisal, whether it be good or bad, that both of you are human beings in that interaction and what element does that contribute to that interaction? Mm. There is quite some debate and I remember reading an article on LinkedIn uh, Publish that was saying the authentic leadership and the vulnerability that leaders, you know, for leaders, what you've just explained, good leaders, strong leaders are not like that. And there was quite a debate going on there. Mm. I totally agree with what, what you're saying in that the more confidence a leader has, the more they will surround themselves with strong people who can mm-hmm. contribute to the team, maybe in ways and areas that they're not as strong and mm. uniting that team and empowering to do that rather than going from coming from a place where I need to know everything, everybody needs mm-hmm. to do what I tell them to do because that does not empower and allow the team to collaborate mm-hmm. and reach outcomes that Mm. they really would not be able to achieve were it not for creating this incredible environment where everybody is uh, contributing, yes? Mm, Absolutely. And I'd add to that, I think where the debate comes in really is the fact that what happens is true leadership, um, you know, it's not gender specific, but let's live in the real world for a moment. Mm. When you look at the um, Harvard uh, unconscious bias testing um, for leadership, it does this really great, it's a free test if anybody's interested, and it talks about what's a male uh, trait and a female trait. And often, very often, leadership is a male trait. 
or perceived as one. Mm -hmm. So then you have all the traits that are very male about strong and all those kinds of things as opposed to women, which is nurturing and Mm -hmm. collaborative. Well, let me just rephrase. This is the perceptions and perceived roles, not necessarily the reality. So I can understand why there would be that debate because what it is saying is it's confronting the very roles that define us by gender Mm -hmm. as to what's a leader, what does a man do, what does a woman do, and it really crosses across all those lines and confronts many people. Now, Natalie, networking, building a strong network Mm. of key people. This is another area where research shows that women continue to struggle. We're not doing it. So share some words of advice around this area, please. Look, I think there's a lot of different reasons why women don't like networking. And sometimes it's not that they don't like networking. Sometimes it's just a physical impossibility. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll start with the fact that networking, you know, really comes from the concept of the boys club, of really being able to get deals done, make connections, get new roles, jobs, offers, those kinds of things. And just having that good old connections thing going on. And, you know, women do collaborate well, they connect well and all the rest. But what happens when we get to the workforce well a big chunk of us go off and have children and there's a whole motherhood penalty that the international labor organization that the world economic forum un number of organizations have recognized is a real thing it's not mm. just something that a woman or two feel and what tends to happen is when you go out of the workforce to have children then come back and then go off and so on and so forth, sometimes come back to a part-time role or a flexible role or even if you do come back to a full-time role, there's a lot of stop-start gaps that happen. So networking becomes really quite challenging because you can't necessarily go to so many networking events after hours because you have other responsibilities as well. Um, There is also the fact that by putting yourself out there, your very first comments about leaning in and and having your voice heard, you know, that's one thing within a small group. Now, multiply that by a lot and have a whole (laughs) group of people in a room, uh, it can be even that much more daunting. So I'm a huge believer and I have coached countless women around the importance of networking because I truly believe that your network, as you mentioned, is your net worth. The more people that know of you, the more people that you can connect with each other, the more people that see you as a thought leader in your area, the better your career opportunities will be. So networking really is not an optional thing in my opinion. And now that we have LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. you can do it from the comfort of wherever you are. The amount of networking I do online far surpasses the amount of networking I do face-to-face. So I'll give you a really good example. I recently connected with somebody who sounded quite interesting. She then responded to me saying, look, I've just read what you do and I'm just starting um, a business uh, up in uh, Newcastle and uh, but I'm also wanting to put together a networking group for entrepreneurs. Would you be able to come and speak to us about the power of networking and why it's so important and all the rest? Mm-hmm. And so I've now connected her with a number of other women in that area that I know who live in Newcastle who own their own businesses and already she's already got 20 people for her networking group within two days wow. and I have never met her. Yes. Um, And I will eventually meet her, but introductions can be done online. You can really target who you want to connect with via places like LinkedIn, Facebook groups, Twitter, Mm -hmm. Instagram, you name it. There are so many social platforms where we can connect with 
very targeted specific audiences, whether that be for your own personal development, whether it be for professional connections, whatever the purpose is, you know, there are so many different ways to go about doing it. Networking face-to-face -face is still an important part of it, but it's not the be-all and end-all. So if you're feeling a little bit shy and unsure, start online. You can have Skype chats with people, move on to coffees, and then move on to the big, big time full-on networking events as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of LinkedIn and networking online, that's how you and I connected. I think absolutely. I clicked through, I was reading um, an article on, on LinkedIn and I think you were one of the commenters and I thought that was a really insightful comment that uh, this Natalie woman, oh, who is she? So I checked you out. Thought, <laughs> she would make a fantastic guest. So yes, absolutely. Use the and, tools and that we, we have. And we still haven't met properly. Exactly. So and I love what you're up. saying and I'm thinking that this woman, she's, uh, <laughs> yeah, she's uh, of the same, as I said, mindset and thoughts. So uh, definitely worth, um, yeah, I'm so glad that we have connected very important yes network Me network too. network and i think what you said earlier can also be aligned with this too have that outcome have that intention because i know that as women we are yes naturally really good at building relationships make sure that there is also a purpose or an intention mm -hmm. um you know not that you always have to go with a goal in mind but what what can you collaborate together what's the mm. the bigger purpose and then i think doing that really allows us then to build the kind of network that we know the men, our, our counterparts are, are building. And that's certainly what we want for all the women too. Definitely. Now, what last word of encouragement would you like to leave with people today, Natalie? I know that you've shared amazing insights already, but what would be one last thing you'd like to remind us of? Look, this is a bit of a personal favourite and I think it's something that I've carried with myself and I impart on to many people around me because I feel that we live in a world where there are so many uh, and becoming so many great role models in business and in personal lives. But the reality is our true authentic nature and who we really are is really important because we're so unique, each and every one of us, the values that we bring, our life experience and our thoughts. So I think it's really important that we believe in ourselves, that we believe that we're good enough, that we are of worth, because if we don't believe in ourselves, who will? Yeah, love it, love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Natalie. It's been a pleasure speaking with you. How can people get in contact with you? Well, uh, a number of ways. You can find me on LinkedIn and on numerous social media, but you can come and have a look at my website, uh, thelaunchpod.com, and you can reach out and find me that way as well. Terrific. And, of course, we'll put all of the details on the show notes. Uh, so now it's over to you, Natalie, and I want you to join the conversation. What is one insight, and I know you've had many, but choose the, the greatest insight that you've had today. Share it in the conversation. I'll share how you can do that on the show notes. And of course, uh, knowledge and information is wonderful and taking it to the next level, putting it into action. What's the key step that you're going to take in the next 24 hours to get into action with that? We want to know that as well. All you need to do is go to annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 13, podcast 13. Leave your comment below the show notes and we certainly look forward to reading them. Again, that uh, link, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 13. This interview tip is brought to you by our sponsor, acethatinterview.com.au. Research the role, research the company, research the industry. 
Doing this will help you prepare relevant examples that'll showcase how you can add value to the company and why they should hire you. Now, if this is something that you are struggling with, or maybe you'd like support in enhancing your interview skills so you can negotiate a salary that pays you what you are worth, then check out acethatinterview.com.au. Now that brings us to the end of another episode and I do hope that you'll join me again next week. Remember, subscribe to the iTunes channel. The link is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. And of course, by subscribing to our channel means that you are going to be the very first person to learn about our new episodes and be inspired and empowered every week, just like I know you were this week hearing from Natalie. The link again, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. And while you're over there, if you've got a couple of seconds, leave a comment, rate the show too. That helps us get our uh, feed out into the hands of so many other amazing women. And I thank you for that. So see you next week. Make it a great one. Bye, Natalie. Bye-bye. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.